Welcome to Life List, a birding podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We are Life List, a birding podcast. I am George Armistead here with my co-hosts, Molly Brown and Alvaro Jaramillo. Guys, it's been a while. How are you doing? Hello. Hey, it has been a while. Yeah, a minute. It's nice to be back in the saddle. A hot yeah. minute. There's been travel. There's been all sorts of stuff, holidays, lots of things going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our listeners probably noticed that we took our winter break yeah. throughout December. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The winter break, the old winter break. <laughs> Sounds like we're in college or something. My stepdaughter, Ooh, the stepdaughter has a seven week winter break. See, kids seven these w- days, seven weeks, just don't know how to work. She's going to like, she's actually going to get a job. She's like, you know, she's, she's like home long wow. enough. Yeah. I mean, which is great, but like seven weeks, I'm sort of like, what are we paying for up there exactly? You know? <laughs> is she in college? She's a mm. freshman. Yes, she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven weeks though. Wow. My goodness. I don't remember what it was like when I went, but it wasn't, I know it was like way longer than high school. So when, when you, I got into university, I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know, it's like. But I think it was like a month. And it, yeah, maybe, yeah. It's like yeah, twice. my little brother is a freshman in college and home for a month. And he's really enjoyed being away from college. And he was kind of excited to be off. And I think now he's kind of ready to <laughs> go back to college already. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that is the way it is here. She's like, So seven weeks, that's a long time. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, like she wants to get a job. You know, she's like, I gotta get out of this place. Hanging out with the parents, you know. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Molly, what have you been doing the last few weeks? What's What's been going on? Well, I, uh, in some ways I haven't been doing a whole lot, especially compared to both of you. But honestly, it's been pretty wonderful to kind of get into a routine of pretty much being home and, you know, just like doing regular things and not like packing and repacking every week <laughs> and all of that. Um, so yeah, I've been, uh, Working on our land, doing a decent amount of birding, kind of back to like a normal cooking and running schedule, and it feels good to do that every now and then. And uh, yeah, just enjoying what has been a very warm winter so far here. That nice. sounds cool. Working on our land, you know that just that term. <laughs> yes. it's like we've been working on our land, it's like you know, like your pioneers. You know, you're like you got this log cabin out there, and you're you know, kind of <laughs> <laughs> sort of. I mean. It's kind of cool. I like I like the uh, concept. It just it's like this romantic concept of you know the land. Like, <laughs> not we so just far got off. A, we got a, just a backyard. You know what I mean? Like th- that's that's what I mean. It's like I'm I'm envious. Of the <laughs> land. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. You know, I mean, I grew up in very rural West Virginia, farming, and yeah. have been away from that for what, more than ten years now, and I do not want to take any amount of space I have for granted at all. So right. that's the goal. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. 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 What about you, Alvaro? Um, Home well, for a I, little bit? <laughs> yeah. I came back from tour from Uruguay, also known as Uruguay. Uruguay. Right? Uruguay. Um, this uh, country, small country, sandwiched between Argentina and Brazil. Kind of a tip from the pros. Do not get... Uruguay and Paraguay 
mixed up. They're completely different critters. It's sort of like make sure you always spell Columbia, Columbia with an O. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Popa otherwise. People go, right, Popa is like, well, you know, Paraguay, Uruguay, they they're similar. They don't even they're they're night and day, completely different nations culturally, um, biologically. And they just happen to share an indigenous language that was in the area, Guarani, that and Guay means river. Um, so that's why they're both named for rivers. So there, there you go. But it was beautiful, amazing, great group. We did sort of a birds and wine with a lot of a lot of wine and a lot of birds. So now I know you have your <laughs> tours that specialize in birds and wine, but I feel like a tour with Alvaro Jaramillo is almost a birds and wine tour by default. Well, <laughs> some, somewhat, I guess, you know, we're going to India next. So we'll see about that one. Maybe, yeah. maybe not, you know, maybe not, maybe, maybe King, some Kingfisher beers and, and, uh, yeah. Scotch, I don't know. Like scotch in India. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know India at all. Like, so it's going to be a great learning experience there when we go with our local experts. That is our, that is for you, your next trip. And for me, my next trip. We both wow. both head into India soon. So <laughs> that's pretty neat. Cool. Well, I think we're going to devote more time to Uruguay at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, we should yeah. talk because it's it's like a it's a country that really needs to have birders pay attention to it because it's such a cool birding destination. But it doesn't. Um, it's not in the limelight because it doesn't have the huge. Um, you know, um, it doesn't have endemics and it doesn't have, it's temperate, it's not tropical, but it is just such pleasant birding, you know, and especially if you, you're from the U S or Canada, it's, there's going to be some familiarity to it in a way that it's just nice, you know? Um, and we just, everybody came out of that trip going like, why does not everybody come birding here? This sort of what. Yeah. When I was, I don't know, in college and realizing that I was starting to get abroad on my own a little bit more and was just researching like countries that were safe and easy to travel to on your own, especially as a young female, I remember Uruguay coming up a lot as a very underrated place that's easy to get around, safe, you can feel yeah. comfortable and kind of stumble into stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's pretty very great. much that way. Just uh, I've always thought about that since then. Yeah. And, you know, George, too, I, I don't know if you ever if he ever talked to you about Ned, Ned Brinkley wa- wanted to actually move. Yeah. Uruguay. Yep. I Did remember you talk that. to you about that? Yeah. That was and, his and whole he, plan. He talked like, about, ex- soon before he passed actually. Yeah. Yeah. He really was serious about it. You know, and he said yeah. he wanted to live in a place, a country that politically had, you know, was much more open and, you know, and, and sort of uh, p- people just were allowed to be who they were in, in a, in a non-confrontational kind of political place, which I thought was interesting. I think Ned liked this uh, Jose Mujica. Um, oh, yeah. Pepe. Yes. The president, yeah. the president who was famous for giving away most of his salary and lived in like a little bitty house, legalized marijuana and gay marriage. Like uh, he was kind of he's, – he's like yeah. – he's a, he's a pretty cool cat, seemed like. Yeah, yeah, interesting guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, neat place. Yeah, and the birding, fabulous. It's like, looks like good, great photo mm-hmm. ops as well, I imagine. Yeah. Great photo ops. And if you like Definitely. icterids, New World Blackbirds, 
pretty good, pretty good place for that. Some cool ones, some really nice ones. Scarlet-headed blackbird, you can't beat that one. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's like a neon. I remember, I forget who first spotted one. I was like, what? 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 Bird with a red head? Ah! You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, the, the blackbird's been found. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a snazzy looking bird. Yeah, you know one bird you can't see there, though? It's the eagle owl. You cannot oh. see that in Uruguay. <laughs> you mean like, like Flacco? Like Flacco. You never know where you can see a bird like Flacco. It's true. I know. <laughs> I mean, I think all three of us, Molly, you said that Flacco came back into your life today or the last yeah. couple of days. Same for me. <laughs> Like suddenly he's back in our lives. Like what's going on? Flacco just likes what to happened? visit, you know? I, I tried to forget Flacco. You oh, know? How could you? Not, I don't, it's not, not that I don't like him. I just wanted to think of wild birds native to their habitat. <laughs> Flacco <laughs> came back on my feeds. He's got a way of doing that. What's going on? Why is he back? Yeah. I don't uh, Molly, I think you you were saying I think you shared, right, that he's like making the rounds in Manhattan. Yeah, it turns out he's he's never even left. And <laughs> yeah, I guess that people I, I don't know why I guess there were a few articles that were published because I didn't search it and there are, I don't know, half a dozen articles from the past 6 weeks alone just <laughs> giving updates on Flacco and uh yeah, it just said that he's continuing to, I guess, appear on a lot of like ledges. So he looks in people's windows and seems to kind of watch what's happening inside apartments and houses in New York City. Has moved around that's, to a couple different neighborhoods. That sounds kind so, of creepy. I gotta say. Little, yeah, you know? I think that's kind of how the papers portrayed it. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> one one headline he's was a little like, too friendly. "Yeah, it was Flacco is a peeping tom or something along those lines." Was, they were they were literally accusing. Flacco of, you know, being a little untoward, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we have a long history of accusing immigrants of doing all sorts of things. And Flacco, you know, yeah. in his new New York home, he's just trying to be, he's just trying to do things like they did back in Spain. But I think uh, he's hey. just curious, you know? <laughs> I think he's just curious. He's, you know, seeing people cooking things in their kitchen and, you know, doing other things at home and... He might miss the home life. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's been out there for a while. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Probably not as easy this time of year. He's probably eaten all the great hordals, so he's got, you know, nobody (laughs) to hang out with. (laughs) There ought to be plenty of there ought to be plenty of rodent life for him to focus on, I would I would think. Okay. That was a bad uh, you know, I shouldn't assume. Yeah. Nobody's checked the pellets or maybe they have. Although it might make a nice meal for Flacco. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, yeah, you know, fight between a, an eagle owl and a great horned owl, I guess it, you know, could go either way, depending on which, you know, sex of each species and, you know, also. Boobo on boobo. Yeah. Yeah. Boobo on boobo. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. for those that aren't aware, that's the genus. Just, I'm not. Uh, yeah. Boobo. Boobo is the genus for great horned owl and the eagle owls, actually, overall. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, I got, you got to hand it to Flacco. I mean, what's this like a year now or more? 
hanging out it's there? It's almost a year because remember, Molly, it was while we, we were, were on, on the Life List yeah. trip in Columbia because we had Cam Piper with us who, who was like keeping us posted. She was all over that that story. And um, and yeah, and we, it was like every day they were like, well, they're going to try to catch Flacco now. And it just seemed like there was a new development. And then finally we, we got back, I think, and soon after that it was sort of like, well, <laughs> Flacco's on his own. He's going to do Flacco's his thing. out there. Yeah. 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 No, neat. It's. It, I, I gotta. I gotta say, you know, we make fun of it, but it. It really is an interesting kind of hook for a lot of people to just learn about birds and sometimes focusing on an individual known bird, even if it's not, you know, a native bird in this case, does get people interested enough that they might go, "Hey, maybe I'll take up this birding thing," or walk by Central Park and. Go, what are you guys looking at? And you sort of start getting more converts, right? It's like oh, a yeah. entry. Just more people wondering why a bird that seems so out of place is wandering around New York. Yeah. You get big owl with orange eyes. I mean, come on. You know? Yeah. It's tame. <laughs> yeah. I always remember I've said before, I think that anybody that turns up their nose at a whale or an owl is simply a bad human being. And I and I say that not, you know, simply, you know, to be provocative or whatever, but because those are extremely captivating animals, right? And the way owls look at you, they look right through you. You know, they just, they, they look at you often, especially the eagle owls, the bubo, they, I feel like they look kind of unimpressed, you know, and sort of like... Uh, you know, like they're, they just, they look at you as though you're, you know, a mild irritant in their otherwise very busy lives. Uh, and I, I think like they, they look so not impressed by us I, and, and, uh, those big owls in particular, I think are, you know, I think, I think they resonate in a different way even. Um, but all owls are just, you know, awesome. So yeah, if you're a new per like, you know, how, how the average person does hardly ever gets to see an owl. If you get a big giant owl with orange eyes that's hanging around in the city, much less peeking into your condo or apartment, you know, that's, mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna give you a, it's gonna get a reaction. Yeah, yeah. It's it's owls are. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Owls are cool. They're just not so cool when you're on a tour. You have to try to find them for people. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, it's like, why do the people love owls so much? You know, it's like, yeah, because it, it, uh, they're hard. One of those things, yeah. difficult, difficult. I do think that seeing an owl, especially if you're kind of by yourself birding at night and you you just see it do its thing, like barn owls for me here, go to the field sometimes and just sort of watch them. And they're patrolling all over the place and diving down into the grass. It's pretty neat to see them they're doing this at night. It's uh, it's more exciting for me to see them actively doing stuff than sitting in the day. But obviously, sitting in the day is great for photos and showing people now. Yeah, that's as you're saying that reminds me of some of my favorite owl experiences. I still like the seeing the more pork. From New Zealand, <laughs> such a great name, right? More pork, which is a yeah. bubuk genus genus Ninox, yeah. which is uh, that's a good name too. Bubuk, bubuk, right? mm -hmm. yeah. They but, were called. What did they call brown? Like brown hawk owl? Was it brown hawk owl? Yeah, that's so lame <laughs> sounding. Yeah, as opposed to bubuk. 
Yeah, that's kind of one of the widespread boo books. Um, but the genus is cool too, right? Ninox. Yeah, it's a cool, cool genus. But um, but yeah, like I remember how, uh, one of my few good recordings I've managed to make over the years was a more pork on New Zealand when we were looking for kiwis and not finding them, but somehow I had kind of ended up by myself and I just had this more pork like calling and flying around a little bit, kind of hunting right in front of me by, you know, I was solo for about 20 minutes and it was like bright moon. So you could really actually see it. It was pretty intense. I, I've got that recording on Zeno Canto, but it's one of my favorite ones I have made. And um, yeah, owls, as we've said, good beasts. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked a lot about owls in this podcast. I remember Molly's snowy owl stories. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those have been coming up on my Facebook memories. for <laughs> that That's uh, owls. Short-eared owls have been the craze around here lately. It's kind of just been like a, a lot of people are getting excited about finding them and they just keep going out and checking different patches of basically just all strip mines and finding oh, more wow. and more. And, you know, they're fun too because you can get them right at dusk a lot. Yes. And it's a lot easier to look for them flying across an open field than, I don't know, playing a tape in a holler for something else. Yeah, right. That's it's nice too. It's like a, in winter, like sort of a late afternoon thing you can kind of do right before, you know, dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a place, yeah, Valley Forge, actually, um, right outside of Philly right now. There's quite a show of short-eareds, and people are going pretty regular. Um, and yeah. the photos coming back are pretty nice and all. They're not amazing, but it just looks like a hell of a show, just like watching those giant moths, you know, moving around at night or yeah. just before it gets dark. That's pretty evocative. how we do it. Jimmy yeah. gets off work at five and once a week because there's a, a really nice spot. I mean, five minutes from here, just kind of on the other side of this hill. That's all pasture land um, where it's an easy spot to see them. And yep, sometimes I'll just tell him get in the car after work and we'll just go <laughs> watch the short ears before we make dinner. That was one of one of my first uh, birding dates with Kristen was I was like, there was a spot. Oh, just, that's a good way to impress someone. <laughs> I was trying. Yeah, we, we hopped across the river over there and there was a spot where there was, we ended up counting like nine short ears and one of them was almost immaculate white. It was beautiful. What? Yeah. 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 Like so a like, freak. Yeah. It was a beautiful <laughs> freak. It really was. It's like. Uh, and they were close, and the, you know, the, it, often they're interacting with harriers. Um, you know, they like similar habitats, and so they they can end up in some interesting encounters. That place also, there was a nice rough-legged hawk nearby. Um, so yeah, some pretty cool winter birds uh, around that short-eared spot. It's you know, uh, in actually in Uruguay, uh, Rafa Rafael the our local guide who was really amazing. He, uh, he'd never seen a short-eared owl, you know, and they're not that common, weirdly enough. And I said, well, you, that is weird. You got to find them. the right kind of grassland, you know? And I, and I looked around, it was like all the right kind of grassland. Was, yeah. <laughs> was like, uh, Oh yeah. How, what do you do now? Like it's, it's just all grassland. It's like, it could be it's anywhere. Too yeah. much habitat. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. It's sort of interesting. Yeah, you one would of think, the most widespread species. Yeah, on Earth. I was going to say you'd think they'd be all over um, the Pampas. Um, I don't remember yeah. if I've seen them there or not, but probably the best place I've 
I've ever, the highest numbers I've ever seen a single day is the Saddle Road on the Big Island of Hawaii. And Alvaro, I'm sure that was a tour you and I would have done together. There was a couple times yeah. I think we had over over thirty in a in in a day. Um, sometimes yeah. super yeah. close. And they and they fly middle of the day in in Hawaii. Like they're not, you know, as yeah. It it uh, Molly, when you were there, was it a good owl year like that for the short ears? No, not particularly or at least we weren't targeting them I, I was just trying to remember maybe had one or two and then yeah. had a barn owl and that was more exciting yeah oh, wow. <laughs> yeah right yeah no it's it's funny because I, I do i do think like it could be one of those things that was more common like you know mm-hmm. 10 plus years ago but maybe yeah. not I don't. well you know i think one thing when we were there too was the the Inca turn was there, which oh, right. is long gone now, right? <laughs> I think kinda. so. Yeah. 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 And then exactly. we kind of changed plans and booked it out to see the Inca turn. Right. And uh, I bet that cut into some of our short-eared owl opportunities. Yeah, right. It was variable there, too, from year to year was my recollection. Some years there was sort of a big bumper crop and other years just, you know, one or even, I don't, I don't think we ever missed them, but, you know, it was like yeah. sometimes just one or two. Mm-hmm. No, neat, neat owl. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Molly, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if we've talked recently how your kites are doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been having lots of fun with the the volunteer work. The, uh, yeah, I love the kites. There are, you know, a lot of different raptors that are non-releasable at ACCA, but especially the swallow-tailed kite is fun because it's the first one to come inside when it's cold. Um, it's it's the least heat tolerant of any of the birds that are cold tolerant of any of the birds that are there. So it sits inside when uh, we've got like a prep room at the, the outdoor classroom for this rehabilitation place, which is basically all of the birds that can't be re-released into the wild and are used for education and that sort of thing now. Um, so go into the prep room, cut up all the mice, but then you just have a, a swallowtailed kite sitting next to you and uh-huh. munching on the mice because it, it loves to eat mice and keeps you company the whole time that you're <laughs> working over there. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. That's, that's, so uh, cool. that's been great. Yeah. Some of Jimmy's family friends are in town for Christmas and um, they came over with their young kids and helped out with the feeding a little bit yesterday. And that was really, really fun. They were very impressed by all the birds. They, uh, I don't think they realized quite what they were getting into. <laughs> no, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Are they, that's, that's fun. Are swallowtail kites really tiny when you sort of, they're close up to you? Like, are they, do they look, pretty hefty like they look like a big bird but i feel like they're not really a big bird in all real wings life, and you tail I mean? right? <laughs> yeah all wings yeah, and tail yeah well i i wouldn't say hefty but i i wouldn't say tiny either it it stays in an enclosure with a mississippi kite so i uh-huh. mean the mississippi kite looks really tiny next to it it's oh, basically wow. crow size which is in the next enclosure over from that and they kind of sit side by side a lot the mississippi yeah. kite and the crow so you can see that but um the the tail feathers get broken off pretty easily when the birds are in like small spaces and that sort of thing now. So right now it has one. Um, right. So it still kind of has that elongated look, but 
No, it's uh, I, I I'm kind of thinking of all the birds around. Like lengthwise, it yeah. is as long as the barn owl that's across from it. But right. you know, half the mass. Wow. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's very elegant. Interesting. I yeah, I was thinking of them as such a cool shape. Its eyes are pretty far forward, you know? So, like, when it's looking head on at you and it's got that beautiful white face with, like, these kind of yellow buggy eyes sticking out in two different directions. (laughs) It's a look you can love, though. Yeah, it's like they're kind of pigeon-headed more than, like, hawk-headed. You know, they don't have, like, that that forehead ridge, you know, that makes them look kind of mean. and Yeah, sort of a smaller, rounded head. Yeah. Yeah. They're not the eagle on the Muppet show, that's for sure. <laughs> They're more like Beaker. You've been catching some Muppets lately, Al? No, but, yeah. you know, they come up in, in the mind every so often because uh-huh. they're such a, you know, important culture mm-hmm. <laughs> and entertainment back in the day. <laughs> and um, let's see, what else? We are... CBC period right now, Christmas bird counts. I have done zero, so I have not much to report. But the, you know, we found some, what, month ago plus these funny sounding crossbills up in the hills, which were identified by the experts as Kasha crossbills, the first, if accepted in California. And they were detected on the local Christmas bird count. So it's, now we're going to potentially have them as the first time ever on a California Christmas bird count, these wayward cash across bills, which uh, in a sense, people don't know what to do with, but they've, you know, cause they were supposed to be resident except, you know, they started moving out and being found in Colorado and now they're found here and only one spot in California so far, which is just up the hill here <laughs> from my house. So, which is crazy. I just got to say, so I haven't been on a CBC, but I, I watched that with interest. How about you guys? Yeah, I did one Christmas bird count um, this year, and uh, I was toying with the idea of doing another, but I don't think it's quite going to come together. Um, you know, usually I do a couple, but just the way the schedules worked out this year hasn't been... Uh, is easy, but I did my annual sojourn to the big landfill in Bucks County, um, which was fun. Uh, more fun socially, probably than birding wise. We, it was, it was first of all, it's like the first time I've done it without Tom Johnson in a very mm. long time. So that was. Difficult, but I was also glad to be surrounded by a bunch of friends. Uh, it was actually our biggest group um, going in there that I can recall. Uh, it, it was challenging bird-wise. The birds, there was kind of the usual 30 grand or so herring gulls uh, with very, you know, just a few hundred ring-billed gulls and maybe huh. 100 or so great blackback gulls. Um. But the birds were wow, like those ratios. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you go elsewhere along the river, it evens out a bit more, and ring-billed gulls tend to be more, um, you know, that more numerous. But they're not as common right there at the landfill. But uh, 
but it's a pretty good concentration of great blackback gulls. I have a I have sort of a pet theory that generally people overestimate numbers of great blackback gulls simply because they are so big and large and they have such a obvious present that I, I a presence that I think sometimes if you see ten, it feels like you're seeing forty. Um, so anyway, that aside, the birds were really spread out and kind of hard to access. Um, but it was fun being there with our friend Amar Ayash, um, who who came in. His gull book is coming out, uh, I think, in like five months or something, six months. He's going to get his copy uh, soon to review. Um, and he was there, you know, getting getting pics of various interesting looking herring gulls, and we did have some nice Iceland gulls. Uh, including one really beautiful adult Kumlians. You know, Iceland gulls are good-looking gulls, and um, I think especially the Kumlians. And um, and they were – we had one beautiful adult close at hand and then like three or four first cycles as well. And we had a couple hybrid lesser blackback herring hybrids, uh, which is pretty routine at that spot now as well as Glaucus wing – or sorry, Glaucus – and herring hybrids, which is usually we get one or two, but it's been real mild. So there's been just not many white wing gulls. It's been a really mild um, late fall, early winter. Um, I will say the day of that count, you know, kind of our white whale there, as I mentioned before, has always been to find a sladyback gull. And that very day, an adult sladyback gull was found just down the river probably 40 miles or less uh, in Delaware, right at a spot. A spot, actually, I had, I think, the eastern North America's first Kamchatka gull way back in 2000 or something. And now there's a, an adult slatyback gull that was there. Access is restricted there, so I don't think anybody's been able to go. But Joe, Swart, yeah, Joe Swartinsky got very good photos of an adult slatyback. So we were quite envy, envious of that. But... Um, yeah, it was it was a good time, a uh, good bunch of folks, and um, but kind of not quite as packed with interesting gulls as we might have hoped. And I think maybe I don't know. It was a beautiful day. Maybe they made them um, spread out a bit more. But uh, but that was my one CBC so far. Um, Molly, you've done a CBC or? No, I haven't. I actually was planning on being on one today, okay. um, but there was a small enough group of people and we're getting a, a lot of rain today. So we bumped it back. So I'm heading out tomorrow. Gotcha. Um, I, I tried to do the local Morgantown one and it just didn't line up. It conflicted with family Christmas this year. And I really right. thought about trying to make both work and I don't think I could have got away with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I missed that one, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm really excited actually. Um, I used to, to live oh 40 miles south of here and there's a cbc this is just the third year for it that um there are like no hot spots i don't even know if there's a gas station or anything in <laughs> the sectors that i'm covering but i've actually spent a good bit of time on those roads so i think i'm a decent yeah. person to try to get through there um so yeah i'm looking forward to that we'll see how that goes tomorrow. nice i see actually i saw you nodding as I was talking about how mild it's been regionally. Oh, yeah. Very quiet over here, too. Yeah, like just like really warm, kind of humid. Um, I missed a big chunk of the fall being in Uganda, but man, it's been a crazy 
uh, fall for vagrants, like Western vagrants. Um, I don't ever remember this many ash-throated flycatchers in the East. You know, like I've lost track of how, like there were two in Philly and I think we had like, you know, two previously in the history of Philly. Um, and like elsewhere in Pennsylvania, there's been a handful, I think New Jersey, I've lost track of how many, um, just, yeah, lots of flycatchers, Western kingbirds, um, Western flycatchers. Um, I think there was another in Pitanax around someplace, but flycatchers being particularly well represented Townsend's warblers yeah. around at various spots. There was like a Hammond's flycatcher in Michigan, and I guess Blackthroat Gray Warbler was it in Newfoundland or something? Yeah, yeah and Jen Brumfield found oh, yeah. one. The you know, like I think she was looking for oh, the ancient murrelet and ended up finding like a Blackthroat Gray Warbler in Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean that's a couple where, of nice maybe, birds. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, where, where I thought there was also another Blackthroat Gray, but you know, yeah, people check. But there's birds, one in the county over from here, and then one in Western Maryland as well. A lot. Mm. Yeah, that's a bird I'd love to find. I've only seen a few, I think maybe just twice in the east, black-throated gray. Mm. Um, yeah. Why do you think all of that is going on? Is there anything that that explains it? I mean, there's been a general weird movement of a lot of mountain birds out into the lowlands in the west, but that shouldn't be the same thing going on with migrants from the West. Um, yeah. I think um, I have been traveling enough and occupied otherwise enough to not be paying like super close attention. But I remember the first fall I remember sort of similar like this was 1997 when the brown-chested martin showed up at Cape May. Uh, I remember actually, yeah, it was when uh, Michael O'Brien, Louisa Midas got married and it just, and like a bunch of people converged at Cape May. And it also happened to be like the best vagrant fall ever there. And it was sort of like this fall, lots of ash fly catchers around, um, you know, just lots of insectivores. And I think whether, you know, there's, there's a big component there, basically. You know, you know, 97 was a big El Nino. Is that right? Yeah. As is this year. Huh. <laughs> there was one other big uh -huh. year. I can't remember. I want to say it was like five, six years ago. That was another big uh, Western birds, you know, showing up in the mid-Atlantic and g generally in the East. Um, so that would be interesting to check that out and see if that yeah, correlates routinely. Somehow, like some kind of wind, general wind patterns that are, you know, thrown up by these, these yeah. big, you know, ninos or something that changes things un, un yes. uh, what I I now I saw a nice article uh, by Amy Davis on the uber famous New Jersey red flanked blue tail that is um, you know not so far from here uh, you know and and there was it, it, they she had a pretty good strong theory about the weather that had uh, produced that bird is a vagrant here. I understand it's sort of like yellow-browed warbler as well, where that species is just increasing in terms of population as well. Uh, and probably, you know, so the odds just go up uh, that that more will show up. I think there have been more 
in Alaska in recent years as well. Um, you know, obviously different dynamics at work uh, in terms of the dispersal. But yeah, this bird, man, I I can't remember anything quite like it. I, I uh, It showed up, I think, like the day before I got back from um, Uganda. I haven't actually been over to try for it. I might give it a go in the coming days. We'll see. But yeah, somebody found it like in a yard over there. And I think they they just kind of put up some photos like, hey, anybody know what this is? And the, the photos were not yeah. beautiful because this is a notoriously, you know, skittish bird. This that that whole group in in that you know that family they they don't usually sit out and let, maybe on breeding grounds if they're singing and displaying and stuff. But like away from that, you know, breeding situations, they are pretty furtive. Uh, and this one has been that way, and so for a long time the photos were kind of okay, and now it seems like it's it's uh, you know people have been giving it some time and getting good photos, but pretty much a mind blower of a vagrant. Yeah, and it, it's a cool looking bird. I mean, they they're almost like a little tiny cute bluebird that you stuck a the head of a hermit thrush with big old eyes, you know, and it's it's sort of pretty you know and and just uh and, and just cute looking they are yeah adorable well proportioned cute little things big doe eye you know yeah no they they've been in they've been in california um two yeah. plus times i guess now at this point yeah just to just I was to able to see one in santa cruz oh wow last year yeah They've shown up on the Channel Islands, I think, too, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is like a bird that's increasing, and I, and I, they, they also winter pretty far north in Asia. Like, they, they don't all go that far south, so you can see them in winter in Japan. So they can handle snow. They can handle weather that you would think, kind of like hermit thrush almost. You know, they're, they're hardy. So maybe that's also one of the things like they're showing up and they're hanging in for the entire winter. People are seeing them for multiple weeks. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Japan and Korea, Southern Japan and Korea, it looks like they winter there. Um, But then kind of across the Himalayas as well. Um, Probably not super high up usually, but um, more in the foothills, wintering areas. Yeah. Pretty cool. Amazing bird. But you you may go see it. Maybe. You're going to wait until the crowds die down. Yeah. I'd like to, I mean, it, when I first saw it, I was like, man, I'd like to go see that thing. But then it looked a little chaotic, the scene. Uh, so I was like, I'll give it a little bit, see if it hangs out. Maybe I'll go give it a try. I, I was thinking back, you know, this year, I really only chased almost almost no birds. The one chase that I really uh, endeavored was the flamingo, the flamingos in Pennsylvania. And that was just too much. I was like, and also I was like, they're right beside the road. It's, you know, nice weather, nice location, pretty drive, can take the dog. It'll be social. There'll be a lot of people there. You know, I had the fit, you know, I had the fit was, was, was pretty tight for that. I thought, you know, and uh, so I had to, I had to give it a go. But, you mean the outfit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 the fit. Okay, I'm trying like, what's the fit? Okay, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no. I, yeah, there was a. If there's photos of this uh, flamingo outfit that George was wearing, which yeah, uh, are, right. I think they're being, um, yeah, they're they're viral somewhere. <laughs> some some seedy circles. Later on, I did have somebody be like, "Oh, you're the guy. You're the guy that wore, was wearing the flamingo outfit." You know, I was like, "Yeah, you're the guy." I think <laughs> I think what really made it too was that like. I'd been wearing pants all summer, like never wearing shorts. And my legs were like so pasty white that, and also I had a lot of chigger bites. Like I had just come back from like the the Eastern shore of Maryland where I'd been doing some birding. And I was like, I was like, at my, it looked like I had little red dots like all around my ankles. So I had these super white legs and like all these bug bites. And then I'm wearing this like flamingo outfit and people are like, okay. Like, uh, yeah, appreciate what you're like, wearing there. Might keep my distance from you, but yeah. uh, Chilean flamingo, right? With the gray legs and the red knees. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my only real chase. Yeah. yeah was, uh, I was thinking weather's uh, getting kind of crazy around here right now. Like, uh, we've got this big storm system just offshore huge huge storm system and the wind is just sort of starting to move here and i can see the gulls are just all moving everywhere and um i'm i'm kind of uh interested i love big big old windy storms this one this one might provide huge waves tomorrow so we'll hopefully we'll be able to check some of that out and maybe some birds will show up but uh I am kind of worried about my upcoming, given this Christmas count, which I have to do sea watching in, you know, on, on the 30th. So as as I recall, you had some rough weather for that last time. I know. I might have to, like, put on my Antarctica parka and uh, and just suit up for the for hanging out there. <laughs> I wore that to the dump, by the way. Sea. I wore that for the, yeah. for the dump CBC, <laughs> the big yellow coat. Yeah. The big yellow coat. Yeah. And does it have any white splotches on it now? Or? You know, <laughs> sadly, no. That's how far away all the birds were. But, um. uh, you know, if you go to dumps, actually, it's you don't get that many birds. Direct, you. direct you know hits. Given, yeah, given the 30,000 are there, I, I always find like they're rather polite, the gulls at the dump, you know? Yeah. They could, you know, if there were monkeys. Oh, oh it'd be a disgrace. Monkeys, monkeys we've throwing it at you yeah yeah don't trust a monkey as george does not like monkeys yeah well i like monkeys i just don't like baboons but uh i will i'll (laughs) I'll detail some uh some interesting uh excremental encounters we had in uganda uh monkey business yeah some monkey business if you will future date i will say i i it varies from year to year at the landfill and as to how many direct hits we take uh, ah. I took a famous one in a large volume that was in the ear and all through oh. the, much of the beard, uh, which Jason Rexstein <laughs> and Amar Ayash took a lot of pleasure in and quite a few photos. But so you did take one, take a hit. Not not this year, but previous years, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I, yeah. It's right. We'll see what this storm does. Yeah. It looks like I'm a double hurricane some almost. Bird. Well, I mean, that thing looks crazy. Yeah. It's like you, you, you posted I the, I mean, it looks pretty formidable. I know. Yeah, the wind's supposed to pick up from the south, like really strong in a few hours. And it, it's funny, like you just watch now and it's like, 
Not much is going, just a little, but you could just feel it. You know, it's like just offshore. It's about to just snap in there and start blowing. I don't know. I guess this is what hurricanes are like, where it's first, it's probably pretty calm before the hurricane and then starts moving in and you're like, whoa. Calm before the storm, literally. Right. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, uh, no, it's, it's, we'll see. I think there's been a lot of, you know, talking about vagrants out east, ancient murrelets. This I cannot understand quite what's going on, but there's been a lot of ancient murrelets down south here as well. And I've, I've always had this weird theory that just like the long billed murrelets that move into the, you know, they used to when they were a little bit more common, I guess, um, move into, the center of North America and out to the east and so forth, that those are obviously Asian birds because that's where they breed. And I've wondered if these ancient merlets, when they've been inland or elsewhere or gone to Europe, they're actually Asian birds as well rather than North American birds. That would be but my this guess. this year, like, there's, there's a movement down south here too of theoretically North American birds. So it's like ancient merlets are all over the place. They're just moving. Um and I don't know why. No, Did you see no idea what's going on up north. Thailand just got their first ancient murrelet. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's Thailand. That, I mean, that's really difficult to picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, those those are those really sort of shallow waters. Yeah. The muddy. You know. Yeah. I don't know where. I, I have to warm. check and see where it was in Thailand. But the the Gulf of Thailand. The one time I've been there, I, like it was. It was like very shallow and muddy. And there was almost no birds, you know, <laughs> around. Right. Uh, there was plenty of birds elsewhere, just not there. Um, but remember, we've talked in the past about those possible anywhere vagrants. I feel like yeah. ancient murrelet is one of those. And I'll be, I would bet that you're right, Al, that a lot come from Asia. Um, yeah. I don't know how many nests there, you know, on that side of the Pacific versus um, on our side of the Pacific here in North America. But – the the largest number I've ever seen in a day was on a ferry uh, from Hokkaido um, back to Honshu, and I th- I think we had like eight hundred in like you know a matter huh. of a few hours, and and we didn't see a whole lot else out there that day. Right. But it was just shocking to me. Otherwise, in North America, like in Alaska, I've had days where I saw maybe a dozen or something. But yeah, I do wonder if. It's such a simple rule. Like if you're in the if you're a long billed murrelet, and you you get storm blown or something goes wrong, and you're in the middle of land. You're like, go east. You know, you'll get to the ocean. You know, and then if but if you end up in North America, you go east. You're like, oh, I'm in the Great Lakes, or I'm, I wonder if it's something as simple as that that could be going on. Because why those two, right? Why not? I don't know. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not sure Spectacle which other small or, yeah, yeah, to, to or, choose. Or Japanese murrelet, like, you know, like. Yeah, uh, a Japanese murrelet or, but they seem to be mobile and, and, you know, migratory and yeah, it's uh, interesting, but I, I'm, I'm amazed at some of the ancient murrelets and, and they've also come in in weird plumages, it was one that looked like it was almost in breeding plumage, and it was like, often they look that way. That it seems Tennessee, like the you know. Yeah, and you're like, what? Are, what's that? What, what is that going on? And rather than sort of 
And then I started thinking, maybe I don't even know what winter plumage looks like in these guys, you know. Maybe I've been assuming winter birds are actually the juveniles, but you know, worth worth some more study. <laughs> Japanese yeah. Mirrorlet has one of my favorite species names. And I'll bet, Al, you actually know what it means. Um, oh, but it's, oh, yeah. The genus is Synthliberamphus, Synth which is you know, got, got, what, five or six species? But then the species name is Wumi Zuzumi. Wumi Zuzumi, yeah. Which is very fun to say. I forget what that means, but it's got to do with the bird itself, what it looks like, right? Or is uh, it? See what I can dig up on that, but. Yeah, Wumi Suzumi. I think it might be a location. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, so Molly, look for ancient merlets. If you got a little oh, little yeah. pond tomorrow, <laughs> you know don't, what? Don't ignore the little things floating around there. It might not be a the, any lakes. You any know, water bodies there. Yeah, our lakes are all drained in the oh, winter. You really? Know? They're. Uh, I mean, we don't have natural lakes. And yeah, the ones that exist are all mud at the moment. So oh, it would be a really little area for it. That'd make it an even that better bird. Bit, yeah. yeah, it would. <laughs> all full of mud. Shake things up this winter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's surprising to me. I got to get out your way and like see these places. But, you know, I, I kind of expected it would be like wetter, wetter and more like lush in winter, but maybe not. Just, or. Like, hmm, yeah. Well, I mean, water-wise, there are just lots of shallow, rocky, fast-moving rivers through here, you know? Right. So, I mean, I would say it's fairly wet, but right. it, there are no natural lakes in West Virginia. Wow. That is wild. And it's I guess it's limestone, right? When I right, drive so places where there are lakes, it just yeah. feels crazy. Yeah. Umi Suzumi yeah. is the vernacular name in Japanese. Umi Suzumi. <laughs> yeah. Probably means bird that looks like the ancient, but much more white on the head. That's probably it, right? Something like that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I do. That was a, a bird I was really, really interested in seeing when I went first went to Japan. And it's not easy. No, I so missed I, it on my trip there. Yeah, so it's um, it, I've never seen one up close. I've seen them through scopes, so that's but they're quite distinctive even through a scope. Middle of winter, we'll see if this next trip in February is any better. But yeah, so hey, pod stats, you guys, yeah. I think, you know, it's sort of like rounding out the end of the year kind of thing. It's kind of cool to see that we've been getting all this info. And, uh, you know, Molly, you were telling us about this. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Spotify does like the wrapped for music where it recounts all the music you've listened to over the year and that sort of thing. And this year they started doing it for podcasts too. So it was a really cool breakdown. And, uh, turns out that you all like science and comedy and that about three quarters of you started listening to us in the past year. So that's really nice. Cause this is, uh, I guess this is our third calendar year for the podcast. We kind of started in like 
the middle of maybe August or so. So yeah, it's, it's our it's second really plumage cycle. Still, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still picking up steam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there were uh, you uh, hundred and six fans for which we were the number one podcast that they liked. Yeah, and I'm oh, wow. surprised because between the three of us, we have that's more than just our family. That I mean that that's that's <laughs> actually real people. Like, I mean, like that's an actually <laughs> folks out there are like. We're so yeah, thankful. Really cool. Yeah. It's crazy. Like this whole thing kind of grew out of just this whim of, hey, let's do this. But now yeah. we actually have fans. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. 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 It is really nice. The It's kind of funny, right? We're winding down the year, but starting a new season um, yeah. all at once here. Um, and um, I noticed a, – in the stats on Buzzsprout that we'd reached 120 countries. Um, overwhelmingly, listeners in the United States and Canada, also the UK, uh, smaller numbers in Australia and Germany. Um, but We're Big in Germany, huh? Yeah. Yeah, not as much in Japan, but uh, we'll work on that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some of our more popular episodes were ones where we answered questions from our listeners. Um, the one where we did the deep dive on the bird names, you guys might've heard about that. That was, uh, that was, that was something that happened, uh, you know, came, the news broke a little while ago. It kind of, it made some waves, made some waves. Uh, also the episode on Jennifer Ackerman uh, that we did on owl intelligence was a real popular one. Uh, one where I think, um, we discussed species versus sub versus subspecies and the deep dive on the golden eagles with Trish Miller. That was another really popular one. Um, but at any rate, we'd love to hear from you guys as we start this season from about more things you would enjoy um, hearing about and uh, and diving into. Um, be you know, we try to listen to that and take heed. Um, yeah. I've been stockpiling our uh, listener questions, so we can do another one of those episodes soon. Yeah, nice. we should do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Th fun. There's. I, I like. Um, you know, we've been talking about the future, about how we're gonna do various different formats. Sometimes interviewing, and sometimes us talking, and and um, if you have also a idea of a person or a place, you know, an organization that you would like to have interviewed or learn more about them, or even, even stuff in, in the bird science world that you're interested in learning more about, just let us know. Cause, uh, it, it, uh, you know, sometimes we just need the little idea to go, Ooh, yeah, we can do that. Move from yeah, there, believe so. it or not, we don't put a lot of planning into these podcast episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Go, hey, this sounds good. Yeah, but yeah. often we're we're squeezing things in between busy chunks of time. So it's yeah. true. Those tours. Yeah. Dang. That's working out. Yeah. Yeah, works out. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think um, the. What, what's been really cool is like is meeting people out in the field who are like, oh, hey, you're the 
podcast person, you know. I love that. And I that, love that. Yeah, that's been happening and it's been really rewarding, really nice. No, it's, 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 yeah, that's fantastic. But uh, we're not yet at uh, Taylor Swift territory, so do tell your friends, you know. Just a matter of time, though, I think, you know. Just a matter of time. Yeah. Like we're, I mean, everybody starts small mm-hmm. with that dream. Yeah. And a guitar. Yeah. Okay, we don't. I think we're 2024, maybe uh, Times Person of the Year, maybe will be Life List a Burning Podcast. You know, I think that's, yeah. a good, that's a good goal for us. You know? That's right. You know, shoot for the moon. Yeah. Shoot for the stars if you hit the moon. No, okay. You know, not so that's bad. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, person of the year. Yeah. Have the little thrasher guy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Our thrasher buddy. Yeah. Um, before we scoot here, I got to go pick up Phil Sean at the train here. He's coming down from Brooklyn, and, um, and uh, I got to go grab him shortly. Um, yeah, and I was before we started. I was saying that this is, sounds so weird to me, like you know the train. You know, like you know what do you old timey folks over there with trains <laughs> and stuff? Yeah, you know what Phil's doing is he's east. he's actually he's just hanging around the tracks and he's waiting for a train to go by, <laughs> and he's just gonna he's just gonna you know as it slowly goes by, he's just gonna right. you know he's got his little knapsack with the stick and the bandana, uh, and he's just gonna he, he's just gonna climb on board. Yeah, he'll take a nap yeah. in the back of one of those car, I, cars that's open. And I've seen his he'll be picture. Here in about he's got a day. the big beard. He'll, he, yeah, he sort of does. Oh, he'll you know, fit right he, in. He could, yeah. He could yeah. pull it off, you know. How Phil gets around the world, right? Pretty much. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. yeah. A plane yeah. every now and then. Yeah, and that's how he gets his otherwise. masked fin foot. Boxcar and, fills, what they call them, you know. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, do, I do actually think trains are actually amazing and it'd be great if we had more of them in the west you know we sort of have subways and things here but it's been a big plan to make this train from san francisco to la highly politically charged thing but uh mm-hmm. it would be cool i mean the fact that you could have like a high-speed train out here you know instead of the highway or a plane but yeah so i think a I'm cooler thing with a cooler thing would be to have something that wasn't super politically charged we should try that on yeah. exercise sometime. I think that'd be really fun. I know. That'd be a fun exercise. Yeah. yeah. I know. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. Where everybody just went, hey, that seems like a good idea. Hey, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Let's just pay for it. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I love you. taking the train around here. It's one of my favorite ways to get around. I don't do it that often, but if I have to go to New York often, that's the way I'll do it. Or Boston, sometimes I'll take a train up there. You know, you kick back, you got, you know, it's just do your thing, whatever. You listen to some music, do some work. All of a sudden, you know, you're, boom, you're there. Good to go. (laughs) A lot of good, often some good graffiti along the way, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't, you don't get many in many, not many trains running through the, uh, the mountains of West Virginia. You know, well, we actually do, but it's all coal moving through. Yeah. So, well, Phil's in one of those too. He's, he's probably, yeah, that's, he's that's the train out. that Phil's taking. Yeah, he knows that route. Like old train. He's like, yeah, <laughs> a little different. Amtrak goes through the southern part of West Virginia <laughs> because there's um, the Greenbrier that served as the bunker house for Congress during the Cold War. So there's like a straight shot from Southern Lewisburg up to DC. <laughs> They've talked about actually adding in commercial stops on that. That's 
a couple hours from here, so it doesn't affect me any. But um, it, it goes through what is now the new um, national park, New River. Mm-hmm. And they want to make that a stop. That would be cool. For the Amtrak. Uh, be pretty crazy. Yeah. Probably change things a bit more. I like getting okay, around by I'm, train. I wish it was a little wish it was a little I'm cheaper. putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. Train big year. Train big year. Wow. Okay? Oh, wow. That's big you talk. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You're somebody, saying you're somebody s- take up. Oh, somebody. somebody should do this. Okay. So yeah, not me. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, you know, you're gonna forgo all your tours and just start. I've, I feel like I'd be really irresponsible of you, Al. No, mm. I, I'm putting the idea out to you know a creative person who could go and then write a great book about it, sponsored by Amtrak. Know, yeah, yeah, Amtrak and you know CN. Mm-hmm. Do the do Canada too? Yes. None of this just lower forty eight thing. Come on. There are some cool Canadian content. Go to Churchill. Been, people have been asking for more Canadian content. Yeah. Yeah, you can go to That's Churchill, right. Yeah. right? Yeah, it's one of the Look. best train rides in the world. Yeah, yeah. So, you, can you imagine? Actually, that'd be a pretty cool little thing. Like you're you're restricted mm-hmm. by the train lines and where you can stop. There's some great birding but, uh, you can do along the train routes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd have to make the rules. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't get between major spots in a car. You have to like so you you'd have to like be able to tax your bicycle or something out of the train station. Yeah. Not just walk, but yeah. Hmm. Dorian Bird Anderson might train. need another project. Might be a good one for him. You know, throw the bike. Yeah, yeah. Know. He's a, he's a. That be oh, you can take your bike on a train too, can't you? Yeah, that's so, true. Huh? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Especially if you get one of those ones collapsed down to like a briefcase, you know. Yeah, those are nice for the city, at least. Hmm. Listen, guys, I think we got a scoot. Phil's get getting off of his. Cold yeah. train, right? Yeah, now, he just so. jumped. Got to know when to jump. Exactly, He's, he yeah. just jumped off that train. And <laughs> You're not there waving your arms. He'll just keep on going. Exactly. The yeah. cops are after him right now, so it's like <laughs> <laughs> he's on the lam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's gonna write a great blues song about it later on <laughs> on his harmonica. Probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else uh, we got to let the good folks know about before we split here, Molly? Nothing on my end. Okay. I'm as busy as I want to be. I'm hanging out for the next month before I take off to Columbia in February. So things are pretty quiet over here. I, I would like to keep it that way. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Work the land. Yeah. Yep. Work the land. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to yeah, I think, doing some of that myself coming up. Working mm-hmm. the land. I think soon George and I are going to be telling you about birding in the southern hemisphere albatrosses and all that and a trip we're going to do there um hopefully um well we had a really nice cuba trip this december and molly arturo uh planning to head to cuba in april so if you're interested in cuba let me know it's one of these trips that you might think is impossible because of the situation but between us and cuba but on these uh, trips where we're doing bird surveying, it's possible. So just, you know, let me know. I'll Rose Adventures if you're interested. Amazing place. Yeah, we got a few spots left on our Alaska trip as well, Al. Just a few spots remain. So if you are thinking about that, it uh, it is one of the best trips in the world. People often ask me what my favorite trip is that that I do. I don't 
really have like one answer for that, but I would say Alaska ranks extremely high in my favorite places mm-hmm. in the world. Um, so very excited uh, for that and hope people will check it out either on Albro's Adventures or at Hillstar Nature. And um, But yeah, I think that's it for now. Thanks everybody for listening. Good to be back with you. And yeah, we'll be chatting again more soon. Take care, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.